Welcome to Life, Art, and the In-Between with Felice, Shelley, Michelle, and Clem. Welcome to our podcast. The topic for today is Mothers in the Creative Industry. And I'm super excited to have as our special guest to discuss this, actor, writer, comedian, educator, and my friend, Luella Gideon. Luella first came to prominence in the TV series The Real McCoy when she was just 19. And since then, her versatility has taken her from her hit one-woman comedy sketch show, Little Big Woman, to the role of great-grand-gran in the highly acclaimed CBeebies animation Jojo and Grand-Gran. Luella is currently featured in the BBC drama Small Axe, Mangrove, directed by Steve McQueen. Um, just to say that I've known Lou for a long, long time. We did our first show together. It was at Bristol Old Vic, wasn't it, Lou? It was, I think, about... Amen, I don't know. Amen Corner? Amen yep. Corner. So was, we, was, was he bossing I, you about, Lou? Yeah, he was a very bossy musical director. No. Very <laughs> no. afraid of him. If you hit those bum notes, you knew about it. So, yeah. <laughs> scary. Uh, yeah. So so we came we came really good friends after that, didn't we? So we did because we shared the same birthday. So right. well, he can't be that. Bad, he can't surely. be that bad as he's got the same birthday as me. So. so we're really really happy to have you here today. So welcome, Lou. Yes, Thank welcome. You. Thank you for doing this for us. Thank you. And on this kind of um, our guest segment, which we call the in between, where we talk about many things. Um, this week, we're talking about being a mother in this creative industry that we are in. And we asked you to walk with three questions on this kind of theme that we're exploring this week. Um, so Lou, I'm just going to shoot over to you for question number one. My question is, is it as a mother in this industry, does it help to have a partner um, does it help to have a partner that's supportive or who ha- doesn't have any idea about the business? Do you feel that having a partner um, as a mother when you're raising a child and in the arts is useful um, mm. or an added benefit or a distraction? Mm, that's okay. a really good question. Right. Um <laughs> I love the fact that first you prefaced by saying, does it help to have a partner? And then you went on to specify about helping to have a partner who's in the business. Um, so for me, I can only speak of my experience. And I do have a partner who was in the business. And the pros for me of having a partner who was in the business is that he's very understanding of the schedule of that lifestyle because we work in the business very odd hours sometimes. Mm. So uh, for him, he doesn't question, oh, for a month and a half, you're going to be coming home at you know midnight or 11 o'clock. It makes sense. Um, but also equally, what I think has been gifted to me by the fact that he's no longer in the industry is that he is working on a different time schedule that actually complements my work. So we can create this kind of balance. And um, not being a single parent, I again can only speak on this lived experience, which is I I know that if I, if I was a single parent, I would be making it work. But right now I'm very thankful that there is two so that I, I can have a bit of support really. Cause you know, being a mother is, is not that easy. Um, uh, and Clem, I'm going to throw this your way because it's, I'm not, you a, are I'm, a, not, I'm not a mother. You're not a mother, but you're a partner. So my question to you is as a partner looking on your wife, who is a mother, um, do you think that she would be able to, to function in a different way on her own? What do you think you bring into the mix is basically my question to you. I, I, just to just to go back to Lou's question, it's it's was important for me not to have somebody in the industry because I thought to my, we to, we needed balance and just like you said, it's it's really tricky having both of you trying to work on your careers and working odd hours. 
I worked at night, she worked in the day. So it was so um, when the kids were small, it was a lot easier for us to handle that, you know, so. But, you know what, if you didn't have your wife there taking care of the kids, if you had to do it on your own, could you do it? And part two is, does that mean that your wife has to take second place? What about her career? Can she have uh, her own career alongside your your demanding career as well in the arts? Yeah, does, that's, does that's... That be a compromise or... or... I think I think it's going to be a compromise. The thing is, it's like if you have two people who have who are in the arts and want a career, you know, your wife does, you do. That's tricky. I think that's tricky. I don't know the answer to that. That's why I mean, it was important for Jackie to have to understand musicians. Her, she comes from a whole family of jazz musicians, so that was uh, that was a good thing. So she knew the lifestyle a little bit. You know, I was going to say that just from the being on the outside is that I think it's it's more of the person than if if they're in or out of the business. Because if you have a partner, even if they aren't aren't in the business and they don't get it and they don't like it and they don't they won't support it, they will do any probably do things to say it can't work. So yeah. I think it, you know I think it probably it all depends on the individual that you you choose that you're you're with and and if they are mm. supportive of of it and have an understanding of it. And I I, so also it depends on where you are in the business at that time, isn't it? If you're if you're if you're doing well, it's when you're not doing well, or if you decide to move into the business when you have a partner already. It's that if you married or if you're or whoever your partner is, if you're together and they come knowing that you're part, this is what your career is, this is what you do. That's a lot easier, I think. But anyway. But what what have you found out of your experience, Luella? To, throwing that question back at you. I'm a single parent. So mm. I've had to try and divide my energies between my work and child rearing. Um, and maybe, I, can't, I don't know if I can say that my career has suffered for being a mother, mm. but I didn't want my child to suffer because mm. I was an actress and a writer. Mm. Because we see so many people who have been really successful in their careers and their children are damaged mm. because they've not had that attention they've not had that input or they go on to develop addictions or, yeah. or, or mental health issues or you know even suicide you know because their parent wasn't present so for me it was like walking a very thin tightrope sort of thinking I need to be the best mother that I can yeah. be, but I'm not going to sacrifice my son for my career, mm. but at the same time, try to, you know, push forward as much as I can within the limits of, of being a mother. Um, so for me, it, it took a village to raise mm. my son, mm. you know, um, and, you know, God bless my sister who, who has a creative, uh, uh, vision and she used to be an actress many 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 years ago and she still loves the arts but more on the producing side admin side so she was always my biggest supporter to you know we know that this has to happen for you so in terms of babysitting and going away or even coming away with me when I was uh, on tour or for example filming with Lars von Trier she came to Sweden specifically to be nanny to my son who was only 18 months because I took him everywhere with me so I was fortunate that I had uh, friends and family who would mm-hmm. do um, school pickups and school drop-offs or you know have him while I was at rehearsals but never to the extent that he didn't know who I was I'd do everything as much as I could myself but just on those odd occasions where I just couldn't be superwoman, I was lucky that, that I had people and um, friends and family that were able to, to step in. Um, I didn't want to be an absent parent, so I did as much as I could myself. But I did have backup, which was brilliant. Well done, to, well done to you. And um, I know you use the term superwoman because mm. um, it does feel that way sometimes when you're trying to, like you said, as a single parent, you're doing... You're, you're basically wearing many hats. Mm. But coming back to your question, it's a very hard question um, 
from the standpoint of do you feel like it would have been different having a partner because you know it why I say it's tricky is it could be that if you had a partner that your life was absolutely completely different and you felt a different synergy and energy mm. with your lifestyle and maybe you you went less oriented towards your career I don't know so I mean do you think that if you had a partner your trajectory would have been different in your career do you think you would have pushed more maybe not as much that's a really tricky tricky question because I've got girlfriends who have partners and children and it seems to run kind of smoothly I have a friend who also has a partner in in the arts and they've got a child and they they juggle it because they know the business so having that supportive understanding and you see that with many non I don't know if that's controversial to say, you see with many non-black couples that they're able to have family life and the other person will look after the kids and they can go off and be wonderful and come <laughs> home and be wonderful and everything's like that. I think for me, um, just basically based on my personality, I would need somebody to like Clem says, understand me, understand what I'm doing and not compete because mm-hmm. it's very hard to maintain a relationship and somebody's ego not get involved, either, you know, your own or your partner's who's competing for your time or mm-hmm. feeling less important because you're famous or something like that. I would have liked, I think if I'd had my son before I got into the arts, maybe I wouldn't have got into the arts. You know, I think my push into the business was out of necessity, was out of need, was out of hunger. And I think having a child first and the importance of having a child um, and focusing on that and maybe unless I became somehow depressed and dissatisfied and said, right, I want to do something for me because I've got this child now and I need to do something for me. I wonder whether or not I would ever have made that jump. I think having a partner would have made it an understanding partner because we're talking about the ideal. The ideal is having an understanding, compassionate, mm. patient partner would have been wonderful. We all look for that. Um, but uh, it would it would have been easier. I would have liked to have thought it would have been easier, but it is mm. what it is, and I it's it's test of your passion, you know. Luella, do you think you would have wanted a partner that was in the business or, or out without? What do you think, ideally? I used to think in, but definitely out. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely out. And you need somebody who can who is strong. I, I kind of do miss that person that when you're out at these events and you're surrounded by people and you're networking and oh everybody's yeah. talking to you drinking wonder what are you doing now? <laughs> Just having this presence that's behind you that's silent that knows that it's all a game, that, that's just got right. your back, something, you know, that you can do that and come away from. I think it'd have to be a very strong person within themselves to be able to appear to take second place, but actually mm. be fundamental for, for, for me in order mm. to go out there and endure some of the things that I do. So I think somebody that's got their own thing going on yeah. and, 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 totally kind of says go out there baby do your stuff and and that's cool but you know what it's made me who I am and I've made it work and um it actually is the drive because being a single parent you are the only income so you really do have to decide how much do you want this thing how much can you make this thing work because you've got a mouth to feed so it actually did uh focus my attention and uh, career goals and actually made me become more creative mm. in doing stuff you know not just I was um, I was reading a, an article at Maxine Peake um, did an arts night broadcast and she was looking at the marginalization of creative women and it's mm. the royal courts Vicky Featherstone who's been there since 2013 and she was asked what might have helped her when she was developing her career um, what was the one thing that might have helped her? And the one response that she gave was just childcare or at least tax assistance with 
childcare alone because it shouldn't be an either or situation in an ideal world, whether you're with a partner or whether you're not. And ultimately, mm. I think that's the thing that in the creative industry that it shouldn't be having an either or. We should be able to to still do what we want, have children and still have that support, I think. And I think it's particularly, I think it's the same in any any job or any sphere, but I think it's in the arts, it's particularly punishing for, for, for mums and for single mums and the ones that I've worked yeah. with who are absolute, you know, the fierce protectors and doing that job as well as the mum job as well is just awesome. Yeah, I think sometimes you get punished for it as well. I think you people, if you don't have that wonderful supportive partner and, and they know that and you're a single parent, I kind of get the sense that you're kind of punished for it. Like they feel that you somehow won't be as devoted to the job or you won't be able to mm. put things in place so that you can do the job I remember a time when when Zach was really small he was playing me up and I had to I didn't have childcare, and I literally had to take him to the audition I was mm. running late which I heard you know later on I learned that was a big no-no but you know at the end of the day if you're sitting quietly there and I go into the room it shouldn't be a problem but hence I didn't get that job I've heard like if I'm running late a little bit because of some kind of childcare issue, there's that whole rolling of the eyes. This person isn't going to be, you know, reliable, which is not the case. I think there needs Absolutely to be more not. understanding that to be a parent and choose to be in this business, you're, that means you're super committed. Absolutely. You're not, you're not going to be taking it lightly because it's such a, a risk to take yep. your own life as well as your child's life but sometimes you know kids do things that make you run a little bit late and I think there needs to be <laughs> that understanding or somewhere you can go to get sitters to, to to step in at the last minute some kind of network so that you don't have that stress I think I read in Variety or over on Broadway that there'd been a group just in very recent years that had been been brought up with um, mothers basically um, working in the arts and basically got to a point where they were saying, I'm going to be at this audition tomorrow and be around to hold my baby. Or, yeah. you know, and, and and luckily with technology in a way, I guess it's moved on a little bit because I remember the drill hall here in London in the oh, 80s yeah. that offered creche yeah. facilities, creche facilities, yeah. number one assistance to all parents, you know, male, female, yeah. single, you know, blended families, whatever they are. That's always, always been like the main focus and why we don't do that. For, we shouldn't have to, we shouldn't have to kind of, you know, leave those responsibilities. It should be part of what we do because we love what we do. Yeah. The business comes with an afterlife. So, you know, after work, you don't mm. shoot off, people hang around. And if you're on the clock, you need to, you know, you're not relaxed enough to actually be your full self and, and, and to immerse yourself in a production because you're thinking, right, rehearsal's over, I've got to dash back to the to, to the, the sitter or whatever and I've had to do that many a time um it's it, it's difficult but you know if you choose to be in this industry you have those choices to make and I think it makes you more driven so I think maybe having a partner would have made me a bit lazy mm. to a certain extent you know um, I mean um I was just going to say one tiny little thing it's your career takes a different trajectory because mm. you take jobs that you ha that you really need to take as opposed to the jobs that you want to take. Mm. And because um, uh, I know that's for, for me, that's for real. Because I didn't think I I wanted all I wanted to do is write music. Mm. That's all I've ever wanted to do. But here am I. Um, but once you have children, you have a family. You have to figure out well how I'm going to support them. So you need a, a so a proper job, which is not. Even my family wouldn't say I was working on a proper job. They would never do because it's music, it's theatre. So no, you're not. But but those are the things, those are the choices I had to make as a parent. Never mind as a mother looking after your ch your child. You know, it was really tricky. And so it's only now, I, after all these years, that I feel like I can now go back to what I really wanted to do. And this is like 30 years later. So, but, I mean, yeah. arts organisations don't ask the question about, um, I, there was a, when I was, we knew we were Lu bringing Luella on for this particular subject. And I read an article in The Guardian a few years ago now, and it said 63% um, uh, people were not asked by an employer 
about their needs as a parent or a carer. And one in four believed that family responsibilities were not always viewed favorably by employers. No. That should not Absolutely. be in any of the organizations we work in. It should be one of those first questions. Absolutely. And how we yeah. adjust. And if you really want that performer, you will make it work. I mean, I've been kind of lucky, I, but it's been really hard because I remember when Zach was about just at the moany, cryy stage, must have been about 18 <laughs> months, I did a pantomime for a friend and it was all the way in somewhere on sea. But put it this way, I had to drive because I couldn't have digs. I couldn't stay. I had to commute to pantomime every day and it was a hundred wow. miles each way wow. and I used to put my baby God. in the back and off with Bex, Bex Hill on Sea that's right mm. used to drive mm. every day to with 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 Zach in the back and uh, stick him in the in the dressing room get someone to watch him go on stage come off stage and then you know when we had the double days with matinees you know nine o'clock at night 10 o'clock at night put him back in the car and drive 100 miles back back to London um I've also taken him on tour well I had a job that was in Manchester theatre job and just had to take him with me and uh, I had to pay somebody to sit with him in the dressing room while I was yeah. on stage so half my wages because theatre doesn't pay much but just for the love and the need to be out yeah. there working and, and trying to build a career, I had to pay most of my weekly equity minimum theatre money <laughs> um, <laughs> on somebody sitting with him in my dressing room, playing with him for two hours. But then, you know, my sister would come up at weekends or would come up during the week and, you know, just juggle and do crazy things. And when he was born, I couldn't tour. But as soon as he was able to, and they they knew I had a child and I'm, would be bringing him I did do that but then when he went to school I had to be I had to be fully present for his education mm -hmm. so I did make a few sacrifices now he's gone to university I am kind of thinking right let's go I'm so <laughs> tired I'm so tired now it's just like, like yesterday you should be writing no it's like go to bed <laughs> you can do it you can do it because it's a test it's like it's testament to uh, how we become molded so uh, you know, just hearing you uh, recap those stories about your journeys and the things that you did, you know, I'm just thinking, I want someone like that working for me because that's that level of commitment mm. of doing that drive there and back again. And I know that when you went on that stage, you gave 110%. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, and then also it's the psychology behind it because as a mom, you have to be able to go from child to stage, doing your job, also having that 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 wondrous wondrous opportunity to be yourself and to manifest yourself in this career that you want but then equally as you step off the stage you go straight back into to mothering someone and you know it's it's people don't think about it as a skill set or see it as a skill set because you just you know you're someone in mother and that's what you you do but it really is um sculpturing yourself and your mind in a different way and and figuring out like you said this juggling act um but so it was also really... nerve-wracking because my dressing room was just behind the stage so obviously the scenes that I'm not in, I would be in my dressing room and I would oh be praying God. that by the time I'd go on stage, he wouldn't start crying so that the whole audience oh would hear the <laughs> So I was actually always crapping myself, you know, <laughs> coming back and making sure that I mothered him enough so that he'd be okay when I go on to yeah. send little lines and wouldn't create a storm and that, that they could hear. So it's always, you know, it was always kind of tentative um, in the beginning. Mm. Yeah. We could just add ad lib, ad lib the crying into the performance. But um, I guess that's a nice segue kind of into question number two. My question number two kind of follows on from that, and, and it's a question about how much do you think it's necessary or not necessary to let your children know about what you do or be aware of what you do within the arts, mm. if that makes sense, you know? Um, 
again, lived experience for me, I think it, it's, I don't particularly want her going into, you know, I, I was a dancer and I'm not pushing her to, to follow in my steps because I think that she'll find her own journey. But I think that it's very important, especially as a female, for her to know what I do and how I do it and why it is I leave when I leave. And if I am late coming home, why I'm late coming home. So from very early, I was very vocal about what I do and what it is that mommy does at work. And, um, you know, there have been occasions where, you know, like yourself, I had to carry her in. She wasn't feeling well and couldn't go into school. And um, I had to take her in because, you know, the partner was on a different job where he couldn't take her in. So, you know, she's been in rooms with me. So she has seen what I'm doing. And, you know, it actually, I feel actually really good about bringing her into my world because she's able to see um, a female figure, her mother figure, working and doing something that I love doing. Mm. And, and, and she's able to appreciate both sides of me. Just to piggyback off um, Shelley, I think that it's important for, for your, your children, your child or your children to know what makes you tick, what you enjoy. That's yeah. part, it's part of you. And mm. so if, they, if they're going to love you, they have to love the part of you that you love. So, um, yeah, and, and it's always, I always enjoyed um, bringing the kids to work when I could, you know, mm. bringing them to a rehearsal. I remember when Rihanna was like three years old, she would be, she would sit in the pit as I would conduct the show. Oh, it's wow. not allowed anymore, so we'll probably <laughs> cut this out. But, um, <laughs> but, but she used to sit in the pit and then she got to know the violin player, Bob, and they still talk today about football. So it's, it's, um, nice. yeah. Amazing. So, and I mean, Michelle, you have lots of mums on your books as well. Yeah, and when I was at The Lion King as well, lots of mums in, you know, creative positions or on stage and stuff. It's, I've just been thinking about it, actually, because it was such a big building and it's, and it's you know, there's, there's a I guess there's a litigation side to it and there's obviously the child protection side to it. And, you know, when people are, have been let down with childcare, you get mums or dads calling you going, my baby says, my babysitter's sick and I'm going to have yeah. to stay home. And, you know, you're, I, I'm, you know, as a company manager, you're very practical and you're going, okay, well, what is that? Is that, is that sickness? Well, it's not sickness. They're just caring for their child and there's no provision. And I do think large organizations need to break this down more for more flexible working for parents because there's no accommodation for it. I saw the heartache and, and the pull. Yeah. It's such it's a, a panic. Pull. If it's that happens to you, you've got two show day, your childcare's let you down. What are you, you're not going to, you don't want to lie. You don't want to, you know, your default is not to lie. And, you know, it's just, you shouldn't but be this hard. you don't want to hard. lose your job either. You don't want to be, again, frowned upon for possibly holding up the production or coming with this issue. Oh, I'm sorry, I've got to bring my child in because I can't get childcare and feeling really crappy about it or embarrassed about it as well. There's that thing, I don't think they appreciate the dread of having to tell your producer or the production assistant that you're going to be late or you're going to have to bring the child in. It's awful. Well, Luella, can I ask you a question? Like you were yes. just saying, where does the shame come from? Because for me, I don't have kids, but I also have been in that situation and someone is like, and I'm like, no, just bring them. Like, I, and I'm just, I mean, I know we say in the government, so legally, whatever, but where does that come from as a mother? Because for me, not having, I'm like, of course I'm going to help. Like, what do you need? Of course, there's mm. no shame in it. There's no, where does mm. that come from, do you think? I think it's because of the nature of the of the arts. To, to be creative, we're taught that we have to give all of ourselves. Or to be brilliant, you have to be a thousand percent committed and push push yourself and so the fact that you're not you are a hundred percent committed but you're a dual personality you know mm -hmm. and and it feel I've always felt like um that motherhood or parenthood is not respected um on the levels yeah as a, at, at the, at the, on the same par as your career it's something that's supposed to be secondary that you're supposed to keep quiet and in the background it's not supposed to interfere with my production you know it's it's so you feel embarrassed when you feel that 
um, well, I felt embarrassed by saying, I'm going to let everybody down. I'm going to be 10 minutes late because I've had to take that to another babysitter. You feel less than because we're, we're taught to be fully, fully artistic. Yeah. And that's all that matters, you know, all that matters. And I even had, I managed, I saw by accident an email that my agent had sent to somebody when I was late. And it was quite derogatory in which I know, oh, well, she's got to take care of her childcare. And I just thought it, it really hurt me. Um, it's mm. just frowned upon because we're not, parenthood is not as valued um, as you being 100% committed to the production. And, and I just think that it's seen as a flaw to some extent it's a flaw it's a, it's it shouldn't a flaw. be though I mean that's for me like being a mother that's the best thing ever I don't think it should be a flaw it should be in addition to who you are as a human well, being well maybe like, it could just be my personality no I don't I've got think girlfriends no. who are very very strong now and say look uh, I've got to go and pick up my child and they've gone no I'm agreeing know. with you I know I I know and I think it's more it's, it's it's the it's more than just theater it's you know how things have been set up in the world, you know, like mm-hmm. women used to stay at home. So we're going back from that. And that's the thing, you know, women are breaking through more and more and more. We're, mm-hmm. we're breaking the social norms of what used to be. So it's, it's d- even deeper than that. So you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that for me, you know, my mother was a single mother and I have the utmost respect for her and because of, of what she accomplished and what she did with a child. So as far as I'm concerned, if you're talking about commitment, you're far more committed than anybody because you, not only that, you know, you see the mothers, half of the kids in the show, you know, they're getting up at what time, 10, 11, 12, you as a mother, you got to get up at six, you had to do all these things and then you come to rehearsal and then you have to go home. There's so many more things that you're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not negating the other people's lives either, but you know, there should be like Misha saying, I feel like there should be some type of we need to figure that out, some type of thing where a mother shouldn't feel guilty because they're late for work every now and then because they have to find childcare. I think it's changed uh, from when I started. It's changed a little bit now because we've got the new man. So you find that a lot of uh, male producers and directors are hands-on fathers now. So they kind of get it. So they they, they will even bring their children to to work and uh, they kind of understand what parenting is about so it's a it's got a lot better in that yes. sense that these these new men have decided to fully participate in parenthood and have a create a creative career as well um, that has helped a lot and I've found a little bit more uh, as he got older a little bit more empathy not that it ever because the thing is, is you never want them to know that it's because of childcare. It was really odd. Mm. It just mm. didn't, it's just it's like, a, like a dirty secret. No, it makes sense. I was just going to say, it does feel like the tides are shifting yeah. and, and and thankfully so. But yeah. my, I'm, I'm quite curious, Luella, because we haven't um, spoken about your question, that number two that you threw out at us with regards mm. to Zach. Mm. Um, have you, in growing him up, have you kind of um, made him very aware from when he was young about your career and, and what it is that you did? I mean, you spoke about taking him on the road with you and doing jobs with him mm. there. Um, so from very early, was he also quite aware of what mummy was doing and what mummy's career was? Well, when I sort of, when I came into the arts, my framework was acting dynasties you know, you do something and then your child ends up doing it and you grow it. And then also, again, your child may suffer because they may be pushed into doing something just because you do it. And so I was very aware about not forcing in in the early stages, letting him have a childhood. And when I took him away, it was when he was little and it was all exciting and stuff like that. But as he got older, I wanted him to be his own person um, irrespective of what I do and then later on he would come along because the arts is full of interesting people and he's a very people person um, so he, he he used to come along for that that experience he still is shocked by some of the stuff that I do some of the stuff <laughs> he, he can't watch I think in a way it's it's, it's a testimony to being uh, if I dare call myself a good mother, because he can't watch me on television because he can't separate the actor from the mummy. <laughs> and he feels a bit yeah. weird. Like, oh, that's you. Because he's so used to me being mum, being fully present. Um, but I did bring him 
along just to show him what I do, not mainly for what I do, but the amount of interesting and creative people that are out there because he was quite creative as well. And I think it's such a rich world of people and personalities. I wanted him to have be exposed mm. to those sensibilities and it's something different. So um, he would come mm. along, but I don't know whether it really ever permeated to him because even now he doesn't realize he's he, he still can't grasp at 18 how popular I am mm. with people he, he gets it but he doesn't quite get it yeah. just, you know, <laughs> which, which is, is which is nice, nice though because then is, he can ground you yeah he's he keeps nice. you grounded but then he has those nice occasions where I've worked with somebody who he really admires so that gives him bragging rights at school you know, because, oh, yeah, my mum, so, and that's nice. So, um, yeah, I was just very careful. I, like I said in the very first question, um, I just didn't want him to suffer for my career and finding mm. that balance. How would you have felt if he turned into an actor? Um, at one point, I he was thinking about it. And at one point, I was actually kind of pushing him a little bit. Go to the, you know, National you know, Youth Theatre because he's good. He's naturally really good. And I see him in the school plays. He's absolutely phenomenal as an actor. So having gone through all the hardships, I think I would have been able to guide him. Right. And I think he probably would have been, and he still can, it's not over till it's over if he chooses. Absolutely. He'd be more successful than I am because he's good looking. He really is talented. If he wanted to do it, I understand that desire because it's it's something that you can't not do. Mm. It's a part of your being. And if he came to me and said he really wants to do it, unlike my parents, I would be completely understanding um, and be able to prepare him having gone through the stuff. I don't have any qualms, but I didn't want him to feel that he had to live up to my standard or my mm. expectation. And he's gone the academic route, but he is still very, very creative. So who knows? Mm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, um, I uh, I think we're now on question number three. My final question is basically having spoken about whether you need a partner in it uh to support you, having um being a parent to enable you to go forward in your career, and whether or not you make your children uh, aware of what you do or you shield them from what you do because of the nature of the business the final question is can a woman can a parent can a mother really have it all and mm. what does and what does that entail well that's that's I think that's the question what is all and what does all entail because I think like Salisa said earlier it's such a um kind of personal thing with regards to the individual you know people always say what is success so I feel like with that question for me um it really is determined by what 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 you consider all to be and I think I'm well, just as a parent if you're a parent you're female or you're a parent and you are creative what mm -hmm. is the perfect scenario in order for you to be able to reach your creative Destiny. Peak. Oh, yeah, destiny. Yeah. Look destiny. at that. Your dream. Um, <laughs> yeah. My dream has always been to just be living on a wonderful island and having a pina colada in my hand with no worries. Would that, would that be Jamaica? <laughs> would that be Jamaica, Shelley? Like the UK? Um, oh, no, it's definitely not the UK. It's something it's somewhere tropical. If we're in the dream world, for sure. For me, it's when I had Marley things shifted because it was no longer um, centered around myself, if that makes sense. So I definitely am very aware of her as a being and where her destiny lies and her future lies. Um, and I think the major thing is I want to ensure, like you, I'm sure, uh, with Zach, that she's okay and that she is good and that she's well. So for me, all encompasses her success and her being happy. She's happy. How how does your how do your career goals fit in with that? Her being happy and you still being able to work to your fullest potential and capacity. Um, the more and more the years go by, the more and more I realize that 
my happiness isn't actually dictated so much by my fulfillment of career goals because they shift. And again, I can only you know speak about myself because um, I, I, I just feel like uh, we evolve constantly and, and different people have different goals. And I, I don't need to be the person standing on that stage with the award um, to feel content. I want to be able to work and I want to be able to create. And you spoke about that creative energy. I want to fulfill my creative energy while also ensuring that my home life is happy and stable. Mm. And then I I consider that my all. Mm. Michelle, can we have it all? And what is all? I think, I mean, I grew up in the 80s and I think we were sold an ideal um, that was impossible to live up to. I think, um, I mean, I don't have kids, um, but I do remember feeling a pressure in the 80s about when I came out of school and kind of thinking it, I, I, it was push, 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 and you had to kind of hit the ground running and be the best, the best, the best. And it's, and I, I went to an all-girls school, so I think there was a massive pressure. I think there was a, I don't know what came out of the 70s into the 80s, but I did feel like you had to strive to be the best and have it all. And actually, I don't know whether that's the case, actually. I think you pick and choose, and I don't think we maybe were sold something in the 80s on the on the backlash of the 70s with all the you know the women's liberation and everything coming out of the civil mm. rights movement I don't know I think it was a pressure that I don't think I was aware of but I obviously absorbed um and I I don't I am in awe of mums whether in relationships or single mums as I see them in our organization I knew I loved the arts I knew that's where I wanted to work I think I let relationships, family and personal go by the by to try and strive forwards. And it, I don't really think about regrets. There were lessons learned. Um, and, and, it, and it makes my, um, my I, I am just blown away by working mums, dads and carers in any you know situation and how they still operate within the arts and want to champion and make the landscape better for them. And that's my it's my motivation and has been my motivation for over six, seven years now, um, coming out of a corporate a- atmosphere and, and striving away forward. I feel we have to, we have to be the change to allow that to happen. And, and it's, and it's a, it's a daily, a daily kind of battle. And, and I, and I, and I do have lots of mums, um, who I, I kind of, uh, represent and, um, yeah, uh, producer, are you going to give longer longer breaks in your rehearsal schedule so mums can breastfeed or check in with their with their family? Do we need to have all day rehearsals into evening texts? Can my can my guys come out early because they've got family responsibilities or caring responsibilities? Mm-hmm. These are conversations I've had actively in the last six years. Sorry, Luella, can you have it all? Do you have it all? Are you going to have it all? Um. Well, first, I think Clem's got it all. What? Yeah, I think you've got it all because you've got a super wife who who understands you and you are allowed to creatively fulfil your desires without the constraints of having to completely split yourself down the middle. You've got a great support network. I think you've got it all. Um, Thank you. I I mean, I I have to give props to my wife, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) I will say one other thing, you know, just before you continue, it's, I would agree, but it's the thing about having it all is if your kids are not, this is the way I feel, if your children are not completely happy and fulfilled, you never feel fulfilled as a parent. That's the tricky part. Uh, um, So it doesn't matter what career goals I want to achieve. If the children are not where they need to be, I don't think I would have. I would feel that I have achieved as well. So true, I'll just true, put that. That's very right true. For me, I I do want to hold the the award. I do want. Me I do. too. Yeah. Go I, on, Luella, go I, I'm, on. I'm, I'm kind. I'm kind of. I'm, I'm I'm split between that and Shelley. I do want to hold that award because, on one hand, or get to a place where I can look back and say, I've done this for my baby. And mm. all of that hard work and that sacrifice uh, was worth it. At some point, you know, part of me says, I do, I do want to be recognised for this hard work that I'm putting out there. 
One, because I want him to know that it's possible to achieve if you really work hard and to to have him be proud of me and for him to know it was for him also. But then you're right, Shelley, in that as you get older, you know, all is something, it changes because one of my alls is to know that he is off safe and happy in the world and mm-hmm. maybe like on a Caribbean island of no name. Barbados. <laughs> you know, Barbados. You know, and, right, and writing, you know, writing my next novel, my next, you know, my next play and having just been relaxed about it. Yes. Just being, mm. my, my all would be being relaxed to be, cre- you know, be creative. Not having I see to that for you. I'm seeing that imagery desperate, for you. I... Desperate energy to get to a goal because you're too, you, you know, time is running out. You can't play the attractive lead. You know, how, how else can I, so I now play the old auntie. How, you know, how can I really <laughs> test myself? and get there I always say my joke is that I am going to win you know I'm going to be like that lady in Driving Miss Daisy I'm going to get back just a good candy yeah when I'm 94 they're going to say and well I'm the best best newcomer and I'm going to have been around here for 60 years (laughs) well you know what Luella actually what I was going to say to that is everybody too I think all is is that's the thing too and what what michelle was saying what she thought it's really what you think it is though Mm. exactly we all have our different what is what is having it all exactly what i mean and i think that so even you're saying that what that's what you want that's your all that should happen and you will have it because that is your Mm -hmm. all but it's i think we're all saying the same thing that our children as as parents Mm -hmm. we are all is making sure that they're safe and well and we can exhale a little bit to be able to be fully creative without without that stress and 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 strain be, having a safe space to parent mm-hmm. and be creative mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not have to choose yes, between lady. the two yes. i think yes. that that would yes. be yes. my all yes That's love that great way. and um, a great way to wrap it up yeah totally it is a great way to wrap it up with three people on three different islands as well clem in barbados <laughs> and Lowell in st lucia and i'm in jamaica well Celisa and michelle you can choose which one you want to come to st. Barbados. St. Lucia. Barbados. it's going to be a mention on every podcast or island wars Lowell. Mm-hmm. but thanks thanks for being a third one bringing a third island yeah. in Anyway, Lou, thank you so much for coming in today. It was really You're great. Welcome. It was really, really, really great and informative. It's lovely to have you. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Luella. Um, so now we have, Luella, a little special segment with yourself and Michelle called okay. Quick Fire Five. It's the fire five, fire five. Oh, my <laughs> I have to answer too truthfully. Luella, yeah. yeah. Answer truthfully to the quick fire five. Are you ready? Oh, my gosh. You got go it. Go on, then. Go on. All right, here we go. Okay, quick fire five. Come on. Okay, Luella, quick fire five. Number one, what was your favorite book when you were growing up? When I was younger, it would have been Mallory Towers. Mallory Towers. Eden Blyton, yeah. Wow. Wow. Eden Blyton. Why is everybody going, wow? I'm an old bird. Lovely Enid Blyton. Okay, question number two. I love Enid Blyton. Yeah. Question number two. Two things that you couldn't live without if you were stranded on the desert island. Plantain. Clem, not you. Yeah, yeah, Clem. (laughs) No. um, (laughs) Two things, Luella, two things. Well, somehow there'd have to be some kind of internet in the sea. It would be my Bible and and my iPad so I could play games. <laughs> I think those but you could know if you didn't think about it because you could have your Bible on the iPad. Yes. That's right. true. That's true. Yeah. Where is the internet coming from? I don't know. All right, well, I, I want to play my little games, my little cooking games. So okay, iPad and, and internet. Or maybe if, if push comes to push comes to shove, a pen and, and a, a pencil. And paper, so I could write. 
Don't you need a pencil sharpener then, won't you? Shut up, Claire. Oh, <laughs> okay, a stone wait, wait, wait. then. A Luella, stone and a slate. Luella, quick, quick fire five. Let's go. Number yes. three. If you could live or retire anywhere in the world, where would it be? Saint Lucia. Saint Lucia. Saint Lucia. Saint Lucia. <laughs> You're supposed to be honest, Luella. You would have. You, you're uh, really Barbados. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> oh, no, really. I love okay, it. Okay. Well, my dad's from Barbados, so yes. I'm kind okay. of torn. All right, Clem. Okay. That was pressured, Clem. Qu uh, question number four. Uh, Luella, finish this sentence. When oh I dance, God. when I dance, I look like a funky chicken. Go on, girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And question five, if you could trade lives with anyone for a day, a whole day, who would it be and why? Wow. Oh, my gosh. Uh, gosh, that is such a hard question. Rosa Parks, for some reason, comes oh, to wow. mind. Okay. Um, don't, don't they have to be alive? We haven't indicated. Oh, if no, no, we didn't. It's fine. She didn't. She didn't specify. No. Um, why? Why would you want to be Rosa yeah. Parks? Because I think there's something about uh, just getting in touch with that original strong spirit mm. that we've inherited, but we don't always understand its origin, and seeing the injustice and feeling empowered to mm. to make a change mm. and do something about it in a way that yes people are doing now but at the seed I mean it was an awful time mm -hmm. but just to have her courage for a day to have mm -hmm. her spirit for a day that nothing is going to stop me and I am going to do this because a lot of the times we we talk ourselves out of greatness Mm. Yes. Uh, I talk myself out of greatness, so that would be it. And if it's a living person, I'd like to be Michelle Obama for a day. Yes. Oh, yes, baby. She is yes. just so hot, Everything. and he is so hot. So <laughs> I don't need to. I don't need to go any further. I just want to be her for a day. Let's see how that goes down. That's my answer. <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you, Lou. That's been brilliant. You're welcome. Thank my you so pleasure. much. Thanks, Lou. Thanks, Lou. Cheers, bye. Bye. Amazing. Search for Life, Art and the In-Between wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Benno Creative House. Life, Art and the In-Between is a Benno Creative House original production. Thank you.